ladies, gentlemen, folks beyond the binary, grab your husband, wife, partner, mistress, your wife's boyfriend, a couple homophobic cops, Kevin Bacon, and gather around your radios. It's time for this week's meeting of the Erotic Thriller Club. this it's 2002 and you used to be america's sweetheart but not anymore baby you're writing a book on urban slang in a pre-urban dictionary world in the piss yellow hue of new york city the very same new york city your parents have seen on tv and are very afraid of you go to a weird bar and need to use the dungeon bathroom you see a menacing shadow getting filleted and your entire world turns upside down. This week on the Erotic Thriller Club, in the cut. Yeah, this is definitely a pre-Giuliani uh, cleanup of Times Square type New York. This movie looked so yucky. <laughs> yeah, and from the very first moment where they've got K Sarah Sarah playing over like just trash, just just trash everywhere. Just, there's even in 2000, I mean, I guess 9/11 had just happened. Um but that was the know. excuse I, Giuliani used to like to to fancy up the joint. So like didn't it look yeah, better? But- did what sex in the city started before that and i saw some like pretty okay parts of new york city right like well she doesn't live in the sex in the city part okay she lives in the pool hall that's full at 3 p.m and people are getting blown in the basement part i saw that some that she's in like manhattan is what i read (laughs) like that can't be right this is like this isn't even New York City. This is fucking Gotham. Like <laughs> she lives in Gotham City. This place is scary and a few years later Rob Zombie saw this movie and thought I'm going to make all my movies look piss yellow as well. Yeah, this is definitely Gotham while uh Batman was still out training in the mountains and hadn't come to to rescue everybody yet. But yeah, if you guys don't know what in the cut is, uh, and you didn't gather from my my introduction. This movie is an erotic thriller, surprise, surprise, starring Meg Ryan, Mark Ruffalo, Jennifer Jason Lee, and sometimes Kevin Bacon. Sometimes, surprise. Sometimes Kevin Bacon just pops in to say hello. Like, we know that Meg Ryan, you know, she was America's sweetheart. She did all the rom-coms with Tom Hanks. She She Love had a very girl. good career. And this was this seemed like it was a way to like change her image and and show her boobs. 
which she had also already shown in the 80s in a movie, I mind you. Um, but this obviously didn't do to her career what she had hoped. And the only thing to change after this was her face to try and hide from this. Yeah, this one was weird. That And especially going into it knowing it's a Jane Campion film. And I, I love Jane Campion as a, as a director. I mean, like, I... The Piano is one of my favorite movies of all time. I wrote a whole like final paper on it for my film 101 class back in the day. And I I just I was expecting more from this. It's definitely a movie with things that it th- it has thoughts. The movie has ideas. It just isn't always sure how to get those ideas across. Yeah, I spent a good, this movie, I mean, I I mentioned this to you a bit ago, this movie, I couldn't tell if it was me or the movie that was stupid. Um, Yeah. Because there would, the the way they would present information to me at times in this movie, like would have me shaking my head. Like, is this a a piece of information I should have already known? Like, for instance, Mm -hmm. Jennifer Jason Lee's her sister. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, she definitely says at one point, like, I'm going to my half sisters, but I genuinely didn't know if she was lying or not because she kind of like the way she and Jennifer Jason Lee touch each other was very sexual, in my opinion. Like, there are a lot of long, lingering, like, hands touching, and I don't mean in a sisterly way. And and she's like gives her a full on kiss on the mouth and says, thanks for sharing your bed. Like when she drops her off somewhere in the morning school at (laughs) prostitutes. Yes. And that's the other thing is it's not clear if Jennifer Jason Lee is a prostitute or not. Um, It's not or I don't think she is. I think she just lives above a strip club. I don't even think anybody there's a prostitute, but they did not make any of this clear. So yes, Jennifer Jason Lee does live above a strip club in this and out front is um rest in peace uh a very great comedian Patrice O'Neill who does who a great I job. Assu- who I assumed was playing a pimp. I did too. I guess I think he was just a bouncer. But he had a little prostitute gun and then like a little purse. Yeah, that's his bouncer gun and his bouncer fanny pack. He should use his bouncer fists. and so He's such a big man. That little gun would look so silly in his hands. So I just realized that's a Chekhov's gun that doesn't ever actually pay off. I thought for sure when we saw that gun, someone was going to get shot. Well, there's plenty of other guns. And they do such a weird job in this movie of like... So, I mean, this movie, from what I understand, like very loathed at the time it came out, like no one liked this movie, but in retrospect, people did enjoy that this movie doesn't include the male gaze. Um, And there is not a likable man in this movie. Uh, It's like real life. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, all the men come with huge crimson red flags just waving in the breeze like stay away stay away in fact but then again the women don't come off too great either because jennifer jason lee um stole a woman's dry cleaning so like nobody here is super stable 
it's funny because I'm a huge When Harry Met Sally fan, like one of my all time. Oh, love movies. it, love it, love it. Jennifer Jason Lee. This is basically When Harry Met Sally, but Jennifer Jason Lee is Carrie Fisher with like the Rolodex <laughs> of men uh, that she's trying to steal from their husband or from their wives. Yeah, uh, she is. Is she stalking her therapist? Is that what I am to get? I didn't think it was a therapist. I thought it was just a regular doctor. So but this is she just her, made uh, her like primary 11... care physician. Yeah, she <laughs> she needs a checkup, and so she makes eleven appointments, and then like follows the dude's wife uh, to drop off her dry cleaning, and then a terrible dry cleaning place. Right after a woman drops off her tan suit. There, some other lady walks in and is like, never mind, I want that suit back. And they just gave it to her, I guess, because she stole the dry cleaning. She's so manic in that movie, too. If I was a dry cleaner, I would be like, I don't think I don't you seem think like, you seem you don't and you don't like have the, the ticket i'm sorry but who's giving away <laughs> the the dry cleaning without the fucking ticket that seems so unrealistic especially if you so, just dropped it off and it ain't even clean this this movie's fucking bizarre guys so the movie starts she's with her her sister her half sister from her father's fourth marriage, I believe. Is Something like, no, no, her father never married Jennifer Jason Lee's mom. They do specify that. But it's, he was married like four or five times. He was, was that- married five times. Yes. Jesus Christ. So, and there are, they're, they're talking about in- slang because Meg Ryan's working on a slang book. Um, and they talk about, uh, broccoli as being slang for either pubic hair or marijuana, neither of which I've ever heard broccoli used to have Garrett. I had to know, do is this slang that you have heard? You mean in 2002, while I was in the rural town of Pittsfield, Illinois, did yeah, I then. know the urban slang for pubes? Yeah. Did you? No. Yeah. <laughs> and slang like other than the title of the film uh doesn't really come back in this movie like no she keeps up on that project apparently her which it's so funny like so she's an english teacher and she loves words guys she loves them she loves Loves the way you can pair these words together and she's making something is a, a kind of a collage of the words she sees but really, 95% of the words she likes are on advertisements on the subway. She reads a lot of subway advertisements. Basically, at some point, All of she's which going are to release... surprisingly relevant to her life and situation, of course. Well, in this movie, if you've listened to every episode of this so far, in this, the subway is Steve Buscemi. <laughs> oh my God, you're right. The Oh my God. The MTA is Steve Buscemi in in this movie. That's damn. Just like, hello, and, here I and, am. Would you yeah. like the theme of the movie? Okay, I'll go now. Bye. Yeah. So you know, eventually she's going to write a book that's completely plagiarized from Subway advertisements. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which yeah, I'm like so she, super stoked to read. She goes to a hopping pool hall. At as far as we can tell, she just got like she just woke up. But apparently, it's three p.m. She later says that she was at this pool hall at three a.m. Um, with her students. So- weird in this place kit like the people in this in this pool hall 
are basically acting like non-playable characters in a video <laughs> game, but like poorly programmed non-playable characters that just don't know what to do with their hands. Yeah. Like everybody is so fucked up and we like they are again, so wasted. This and is I don't the erotic thriller Rob Zombie did not make. Like this is the dialogue is yucky. The people are yucky. Like this movie, I can't emphasize enough how yellow the first half of this movie is. Yeah, yeah, like, it does look like someone some took the, the the film and they ran it through a layer of piss. Um, and but anyway, so she's at this pool hall with her student, um, a young a young black man named Cornelius Webb. And she's like asking him about some various slang. And first of all, do not take your goddamn student, your your high school student, to a fucking bar, lady. Like, what? Oh, is I assumed wrong it was college, and that he picked the bar. Oh no, she absolutely works at a high school. It has a bell and everything. Like when you see where she works, it is a high school. 100%. I don't know if I believe. See, this is one of those things again where I don't think it was established either. It was way. not made and very he... clear, but that is a no. high school. She Did just you says I'm an see English the classroom teacher, so. they were in? Come on. That was a high school. She teaches yeah. high school English. But just so you know, like that could have just been the budget of the movie and what they had to work with. Because I looked it up. The entire wardrobe of this movie for everyone was purchased in bulk from a TV show that had been canceled for 600 bucks. Wow. <laughs> so, like... Okay, I'm just I, saying, I think it's easier to get um, a free college classroom than a free high school classroom to use in your movie. But either way, she's a creep, and the dude rightly points out, like... Hey, isn't it kind of racist for you, a white lady, to be writing this academic book about, like, here's all the hip slang the kids are using and then making money off of us while doing nothing for the community in return? And she's like, ha, 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 you're so articulate. She didn't say that part, but, like, that's the vibe you're getting. He's like, isn't it weird that you uh, brought a 17-year-old black teen to a bar to make him speak jive to you? Yes. And she's like, no, no, I'm a writer. I'm a writer, therefore. What do you write? Eh, I mostly write down subway advertisements on post-its. Yes. That's <laughs> art. So she's got to take a piss in the dungeon of this um the, honestly, bar. she should have just done it straight at the camera because <laughs> we would have never noticed from how yellow this movie is. She's she already down, going, like, breaking enough boundaries with this student. Like, just do it. Nobody in that bar would have noticed. These NPCs would have <laughs> never They were <laughs> never not programmed known. with a response to the character <laughs> doing that, so they would not have a reaction at all. So she goes down to the dungeon and there's a, a shadowy menacing figure getting filleted. Yes, with a and three of spades tattoo. And she apparently in the unrated version, which we did not see, this scene is much longer and more explicit. And you see way more cock. And I'm disappointed because the way this this plays out, like she watches because she's like 
interested in what's going on down here. Um, but when she gets back upstairs, like the kid has already eaten his fries and left. Like he has ordered fries, eaten, and left because she took so long to come back. And it does not seem like it took that long in the the uh, theatrical release version. Cornelius had been waiting for 45 minutes while that lady watched a blowjob in the cellar. And this is before they had cell phones with the internet on them. So he was probably bored as fuck. I was disappointed, though, that when they sat down, she's like, what's the new slang? And he's like, isn't this racist? And she's like, no. He's like, okay, the new slang's meow. And then we never get to what meow means. I assume pussy. I mean, probably. Or or maybe maybe it's just like... Um, like meow meow, I believe was a uh, slang for uh synthetic marijuana, along with like cat food, plant food, and something else like the stuff that people like bath salts that like people ate each other's faces. I'm pretty sure that had a cat. I guess related. I could. I guess I could go to Urban Dictionary, you know Meg Ryan's website that she created. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and, she was um, so close to having her book become completely irrelevant. Uh, okay, let's see what Urban Dictionary says about meow. Oh, yeah, check out Broccoli while you're there. The sound a cat makes. The yeah. sound a human makes when they're imitating a cat. Mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. thing you say when you sing along but don't remember the words. That is not so, true. Um, uh, yeah, Broccoli is slang for weed. Not pubic hair? She said weed or pubic hair. Well, she's not a very good writer, kid. (laughs) Or the kids were lying to her, which I would 100% respect. If my fucking boring-ass English teacher was asking the kids what the hip new slang was, I would 100% lie to her, and I would hope that any self-respecting 17-year-old would do the same. She, he's basically Daryl in the office teaching Michael Scott fake slang. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And let me tell you this, Meg Ryan, full broccoli. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, let's let's go back to the movie, though. Um, or like where we were. So Mark Ruffalo shows up and's like, I've got some questions for you. There's uh, been found a murder. A She's been disarticulated. And at the same time, I thought, ooh, good word. And me and Meg Ryan wrote it down at the same time. (laughs) And she goes, disarticulated? What does that mean? She doesn't ask him what that means until like seven scenes later, which is part of the whole point of like this movie never giving you information at the time that you want it um it's weird though because like you almost immediately upon meeting mark ruffalo see the tattoo on him yes and this is just a whole movie of every character screaming i'm the murderer it's me." yes yes because right then kevin bacon is stalking her outside her window calling her answering machine and being like Hey, girl, I still love you. I'm standing outside your window. Are you with a man right now? And you're like, oh, okay. Someone's here to make me think they're a murderer. There were scenes where he's like stalking in the background. And I thought, is that Kevin Bacon? (laughs) And then eventually you find out it is. It is, in fact, Kevin Bacon. He had to show up on set that day. That's how little Kevin Bacon had to do in 2002. 
is that when they were filming this, he had to come to scenes where he's hiding in the background and you barely know that it's him. At one point, though, um, Jennifer Jason Lee is like, when she sees Kevin Bacon, she's like, I thought you told me he looked like a movie star. And I'm like, honey, he does. Like, they did not do enough to hide the fact that he is Kevin fucking Bacon and therefore imminently fuckable. Oh, yeah. Like, he's a batshit crazy in this movie. Like, he is insane. He is a crazy person. But. Still so fuckable. Hell yeah. Like, if that guy wanted me to fillet him in the dungeon. 100%. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, On Mr. the ruin Bacon. my life scale, at least a four out of five would ruin my life for that <laughs> man and his Chinese crested dog. We're not to the first sex scene yet, but after Mark Ruffalo leaves, Meg Ryan has this fantasy. This is the mm-hmm. equivalent of, I feel like we've all done this, and if we if we all haven't done this, then we're outing our, then I'm just outing myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, have mm-hmm. you ever been like, mid-dream and kind of woken up dry humping your bed or pillow (laughs) not since uh like college i want to say but yeah sure yeah yeah like at some point you've rubbed your genitals on the bed as you're coming to from some sort of imagination yeah and she's imagining mark ruffalo And a murder. And a murder. So she's like face down with a shirt off, no bra. So she's she's topless, but she is wearing her panties and she's laying face down on the bed. And this becomes relevant later, but I immediately thought like that is a difficult position to masturbate in. Like that's that's a tough one. You're like to get your hand into the right position. Like she has to arch her her hips back, and it's like you know you could just lay on your back and it'd be like a lot easier, lady. Well, just like information in the movie, they don't make coming easy. No, yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and guys, as a when Harry met Sally fan, the orgasm she lets out. Mm. Just brings back so many great mm-hmm. memories from a much better movie. Oh God, and yes! It sounded the same. It was like she's still got it. This is she's what still she got it, maybe. Like. <laughs> Honestly, it was like uh, it was pretty. I, I know, like this is this is a movie not shot on the male gaze. Uh, she's she's very attractive. I mean, like, you can, they is, can say it doesn't have the male gaze, but it at least has the bisexual woman's gaze because I was feeling it. <laughs> like, yeah, I think Meg, Meg Ryan in 2002 had it going on. She's very pretty. They tr- did their best to, like, mouse her up with the, like, thin and mussy brown hair, and they gave her glasses, but only for part of the movie, and then she stops wearing them. Um, and like they're doing their best to to tone her down and make her look less hot, but she's like Kevin Bacon. She's he's still undeniably attractive. They do a good job with her personality, though, making you be yes. like, I don't want to hang out with this person. That's the thing is it's really hard. I realized after watching this movie to make your lead character someone who is both thinks of themselves as being very sexually worldly, right? Like, I have erotic art all over my walls, and I'm not afraid to talk to teenagers about sex because, like, I'm not hung up on it like the rest of society. 
but is also extremely repressed. I only have sex laying down on my stomach and I won't take my panties off. Right? Like, it's not a very simple... And I'm sympathetic to characters who are sexually liberated and I'm sympathetic to characters who are sexually repressed. But when you're both, it just makes me angry. Like, so you're just a (laughs) fucking hypocrite then. Uh, So she goes on a date with Mark Ruffalo and Mark Ruffalo... Oh, you forgot the first, though. They show her... Oh, yeah. No, first they take her in the back of their fucking police car. She meets his partner who has a water gun. And he beats his wife. Because he beats his wife, you later find out. Again, with the information that you don't get when you need it. And they show her the fucking decapitated head and are like, have you ever seen this woman before? And it's like, who the fuck could tell from that photo? Like, I thought for sure they were going to hand her, like, you know, a regular photo of this woman. And she'd be like, oh, my God. Yes, I saw this woman getting blown in a bar or like blowing a guy in a bar. But instead, it's a fucking decapitated head. So, of course, she doesn't fucking recognize this person. Why didn't she only saw the back of the head? That's true. That is true, actually. At this point, do you think Mark Ruffalo is cool? In no. The He's asking a woman out after he showed her a decapitated head. But before he showed her the decapitated head, he fonzied that door open. (laughs) He banged it with his fist like a jukebox in Happy Days, and the door just opened. That, my friend, is what a woman loves. Everybody was fucking Fonzie. You Mm. telling me like that that trick has to work. Like Fonzie didn't lie. And maybe it only works when the Fonz does it and not when Mark Ruffalo does it with his shitty car that he's trying to ask you on a date in front of. Well, let's get back to the date and his F slur hands. Yeah, yes. Okay, yeah. So they're they're on the date and it's... Great date, by the way. Just a <sighs> shitty bar... I get maybe a cop bar. I don't know. Prostitutes, maybe. I don't know who's in this place. And he, it, like he and his partner, because his partner shows up and Mark Ruffalo immediately is like more interested in hanging out with his partner who he sees all day, every fucking day than the woman he's trying to bang. And they're both yeah. being just disgusting. They're being so obnoxious. It's like he is making uh intense eye contact with a, a beautiful woman at the other end of the bar and he's telling meg ryan like you gotta stare him down that's how you flirt with a black chick and i'm like the fuck kind of date behavior is this he is simultaneously in this movie like kind of portrayed as the hero but almost certainly a predator like he is yes. he he is everyone he is everyone all the time <laughs> yeah and he says to her like hey i can be whatever you want i could be romantic or i could be your fuck buddy but the one thing i won't do is beat you i mean i, I will defend your- the fact that my cop partner pulled a gun on his own fucking wife because i feel like that bitch deserved it cuz she threw his trophy out the window after she caught him fucking a fat chick that i will defend to my death because you know thin blue line but other than that lady i will never beat you and you're like oh okay well that's fucking noble love it love to hear that homophobic yes 
Racist? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Sizist? No. No, no. They're both no. like equal opportunist. Oh, and Meg Ryan is the one who's like when she realizes these dudes are being really homophobic and she's like that's not cool and they're like, "Oh, so what? You like a feminist?" And she's like, "I just think that you're the gay one cuz you're the one who likes fucking fat chicks." And I was like, "Hold on. Is that a stereotype that men hold about other men that I didn't know about that that fucking a a bigger woman makes you gay because that doesn't check out with anything i understand is this something one of meg ryan's students told her that she's putting (laughs) in her book (laughs) this book is going to be chef's Mm. kiss no fake news all perfect information yeah killer no filler Who's going to fact check her? How would they fact check her? By asking their own English students that they take to a bar? No, they wouldn't do that. So there is no fact checking process. Yeah, it would definitely so, seems like a pickup artist move. This whole thing, like being as obnoxious as possible in front of the woman you're on a first date with. So two she tits leaves a the hole bar. and a heartbeat. That's a, I forgot about two tits, a hole, and a heartbeat. And then is is like what the 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 bet the partner cop is like. Who cares what she looks like as long as she got two tits, a hole, and a heartbeat? And Mark Ruffalo's like, she don't even need the tits. And then the partner's like, she don't even need the heartbeat. That is how classy we are talking about when it comes to these two gentlemen. You are getting deeper and deeper into Rob Zombie dialogue. Right? Like, right? Like, people give him too much shit for his movies when an Oscar-nominated director is responsible for writing and directing this. <laughs> like, really, he just took he took her fucking film class and is like, he ran with it. Um, but the problem is it didn't work for In the Cut. And uh, a lot of people would argue it doesn't work for his filmography either. But either way, Meg Ryan leaves the bar. She uh, gets attacked in an alley by a masked man and choked, gets her purse stolen, gets away, runs immediately hit by a taxi cab. Uh, I love the taxi man. It's a bad, bad night. Yeah, the taxi man who's like, it's not my fault, but are you okay? I'll give you a free ride home. But like, seriously, don't, don't fucking, come on, man. Don't get me in trouble here. (laughs) He pops out just like, miss, I didn't do it. It's like, well, you fucking hit her with a car. She did run him from, I, you know, I see both sides on this one. Oh, she didn't get a free ride home. Yeah. So what else could she ask for? And she has no cell phone. She has to borrow the, um, the taxi driver's phone. And apparently the first person she called is Mark Ruffalo because she memorized his fucking number or something like this is, we memorized this is, numbers all the time back then. Not the number of the cop. You mean the hot cop with the sweet penis? Why didn't she call her sister? Because at this point, we don't even know that's her sister. <laughs> I thought it was just a prostitute she was I, friends with. Honestly, I did <laughs> not know if it was a prostitute she was friends with or a prostitute that she had hired. Like, I genuinely did not know. It turns like, out it was so neither. Early, so early in this movie, I made a note that was just like, 
she has such weird friends. Like, yes. And she thinks this is part of her thinking. She's, she's so normal. And yet she thinks she's so streetwise because she's like, I'm friends with pimps and strippers and drug dealers and stuff. So therefore I am a streetwise New Yorker lady. And it's like, God, come the fuck on lady. I mean, like this fucking city is gross. It needs the Ninja Turtles. It absolutely (laughs) does. Like, Uh, everybody looks like a member of the Foot Clan in this. Um, (laughs) So Mark Ruffalo shows up and he's like, show me how how he attacked you. And then it's behind her. You know, like, if you have to teach a lady to play golf and you got to find Yeah. Oh, my God. It's exactly. Or teaching her to to shoot pool. Right. You come up behind. Right. Yeah. It's exactly that sexy. Recreate your recent assault in a sexy way. Uh, I know you're still traumatized and I find that attractive and we get Uh, that's when you get to see meg that's yeah the first sex scene you get to see meg ryan's tits like full on and they're small but really cute um so like i was fine with it and she this is when we find out that she doesn't take off her panties for sex i guess and also that she only push them to the side I, I mean, I yeah, but, like, it's so repressed. Like, this is more repressed than only missionary position sex because she doesn't even want to face him while they're fucking. She wants to just lay down on the bed and face to be down. Fair, he is a thorough lover of the... Yes. The, what are we? We're four movies in now. This um, one is the most, is- like, he is clearly a generous, giving, and uh, a talented lover. Well, that's discussed, but this is the first movie that, as far as I can tell, Ruffalo ate some ass. Did he eat ass? I he thought could he have only been ate go- pussy. He could have been going down on her from behind, but I'll say Angle was a little high. Angle was his a little face high. Was buried in the cheeks. Interesting. Yeah, and she discusses, like, so how are you so good at making me come? Did an older woman teach you? And then it's like, yeah, maybe I was molested as a teenager. We're not going to be real clear on this subject. <laughs> and then it's she's true. like, that's hot. Where he's like, yeah, he's like, I was somewhere between 14 and 25. I'm not going to tell you the age. And this lady nope. who was somewhere between... I don't know, 20 and 60. I have no idea. Older. That's me. all they said. Yeah. You just How said to older, eat pussy. Which Real good. Good for, good for her because it seems like he she, is she good at it. Excellent like, tutor. I same really lady that he was of age. Nick Cage to finger, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, um, like, this is when she finally says, like, so you got blown in a bar for the first time and he's like no i didn't and she never mentions no i know it was you like i saw your tattoo on the guy getting blown in the bar and and that is it becomes very relevant later because i'm pretty sure meg ryan is indirectly responsible for the deaths of at least two people possibly more because she doesn't mention a really important clue that she has to the murder because it, I don't know if we mentioned this, but the woman getting blown in the bar is the dead woman, or the woman doing the blowing in the bar is the decapitated woman who was found in her garden. Who is definitely blowing Mark Ruffalo because we matched the tattoos already. 
even though he does when she mentions the tattoos he says he's part of a secret club i'm part of a secret club and it's like the fuck's that mean also how many people are in that club because that makes it really relevant to figuring out like who who murdered this lady but i'm not going to tell you that i don't see why i would tell a cop something like an identifying mark that i saw on a man who was the last person seen with the victim no big deal it was a weird thing where I like he says that and you wonder, like, OK, I guess they're trying to throw me off. But there's so many little moments in this movie where things happen that like they're trying to be like Mark Ruffalo is definitely the killer, but so is everybody. So definitely like, Kevin Bacon is the killer. Definitely uh, the student Cornelius is the killer. Like they're really trying very hard to throw a lot of red herrings at us. And it means that they can't ever make anybody act in a way that seems even remotely sane because they can't, they gotta keep up all of the pretenses that any one of these men could be a murderer because that's what it's like to date in New York city. Am I right? Ladies, (laughs) every man could be a murderer. And yet here's the other thing is she's like, I'm so streetwise. I'm so cool. Multiple times. She lets herself get put into a car by a man. She does not know very well and driven to a remote location. Like, lady, you are not as fucking streetwise as you think you are if you're just like, yep, gonna get in the car. I don't know you. Mark Ruffalo knows how to take a lady on a date, though. He does drive her to the middle of the woods. Maybe it's scary. Uh, She looks at the water, sees a bunch of bags of trash. Or Mm, are they? She says this place is is exactly classy and yeah she's like this is looks like a place where people dump bodies and you know that he was like well yeah that's how i know about it is through work we find a lot of bodies here and i thought it was a great place to take a chick on a date and then he pulls out his gun starts shooting trash and he's like here you shoot the gun and this is where i got very weirded out because i was like when he shot the trash i was like don't police officers have to like write out paperwork for every shot fired from their gun and are you really gonna say i shot a bag of trash to impress a lady and my partner john pointed out like no that's not his service gun like that's not a service gun at all and I was like, oh, shit, you're right. And that's and they pr- they prove it later when he's like putting it back in his ankle holster and his ankle holster won't hold it. So he puts it in his pocket so that it can be there later when we definitely need a gun in a pocket. And it's like, well, I you're telling me ta- Mark Ruffalo has a gun that is not his service weapon that he keeps on him at all times. That is a plant gun. That is a gun that he definitely stole out of a crime scene so that he can plant it on a fucking perp that he has shot and be able to say, that black kid pulled a gun on me. That is what that gun is for. And then next thing you know, he's getting Meg Ryan to put her fingerprints on it uh, and and gunpowder residue on her hands. And I was like, done. Mark Ruffalo, like, before I thought it was Kevin Bacon, now it's 100% Mark Ruffalo. This guy's a dirty fucking cop. And now he's setting her up. Turns out, no, this is just his idea of a really romantic date. Here, use my, my plant gun that I was going to put on a black kid later um, after I shot him. Um, we're going to fire that gun together. As in a trash in a sexy way. Sorry, I got really mad about that. 
Okay, so, okay, then we, okay, we get back, there are scenes scattered throughout here of her and her half-sister, and there are also scenes scattered throughout that are of the, um, her with the student talking about John Wayne Gacy, which are very strange, like, little sub-threads to have in here. There's, like, her, her, so she, she's talking to her sister about, like, do you know how dad proposed to my mom who's not the same as your mom because our dad's a scoundrel who like fucked a million people and cheated on every woman he was ever with? And she's romanticizing this idea of like an ice skating scene. Only instead of everyone being dressed like it's the 50s or 60s, everyone's dressed like it's Charles Dickens time. Although all those scenes are shot like silent film era where you've got like Sepia the organ plane and- yeah. Like they're like, how can we make this more yellow and pissy? Yes. Uh, silent film era is the pissiest of all yellows that we could use. Yeah, and and everyone's dressed like it's oldie times because I guess this is supposed to be, you know, Meg Ryan's imagination of what it looked like. But the story that she romanticizes about her dad proposing to her mom is that dad sees mom at. an ice skating pond and is like damn that girl's hot and then his fiance sees what he does and is pissed and takes off the ring and throws it on the ice and he scoops it up and like half an hour later uses it to propose to meg ryan's mom and she finds this story incredibly romantic instead of weird gross and um like just proof of what a shithead her dad is but if it weren't for that man she wouldn't have the stepsister or half sister she loves so much mm, uh, it that's is true it is that it is his romantic whimsy that gets him into all of these sticky situations yeah no one in this movie or even referenced by another character in this movie has any idea of what like a healthy romantic relationship would even look like if they saw one i don't know the relationship between um between meg ryan and her half-sister's head was uh a oh my good, god good one. oh my god yeah i've forgot to mention so in the beginning when they're uh when she's teaching her students um she like one of the students is like this book is boring only one lady dies in it and she's like how many ladies need to die for it to be interesting and he's like at least three and i was like all right keeping a checklist on how many women die in this movie it's three um and this is when murder number two happens uh in a laundromat and Mark Ruffalo's there as they, like, are pulling the body out of a washing machine. <laughs> and he's like, you know what I really want to do right now? Is have phone sex with Meg Ryan. He does. He basically calls, like, touch yourself. Touch yourself. Okay, I gotta go. I gotta go. I'm at a moita scene. But the next murder scene, uh, she shows up to her sister's house. Uh, she goes to get the key out of the potted plant in front of her door indoors. Uh, the best place to keep a key in New York City. Yeah. Especially yeah. this version of New York City. Yeah, no kidding. She goes in, 
honestly pretty fucking disturbing at this point she's calling for her sister walking around and then she sees a long bit of hair with scalp still attached to it yeah i thought it was like a hair extension but no you're right that's probably just just hair that was that was a piece of scalp at the end she walks in uh finds her sister's head in a plastic bag in the sink and I assume she hugs this thing in the bathroom longer than she watched the guy get a blowjob at the beginning. Like Cornelius would have full on left at this point. Oh, absolutely. He not only had fries, he also left. had um, a burger and a milkshake before leaving. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is where she starts to get really convinced that like Mark Ruffalo is definitely the killer, even though Kevin Bacon like the scene before showed up in her house uninvited, not sure how he got in. He's just standing there in the dark, half naked, having taken a shower in her house and was like, hey, did I ever tell you my mother used to dress me up in girls' blouses? Because everyone in this movie is really well adjusted. And she's like, yeah, actually you did. And he's like, hey, I think I want to fuck your half-sister. Is that okay? And then for some reason, she never considers that Kevin Bacon might be the murderer, even though he's, like, stalking her. The second person killed was a medical student, and he's a medical student. The first person was found in her garden, and the third person's her sister. So, like, really, it never it's only supposed to be us that are like, is Kevin Bacon the killer? Because Meg Ryan does not consider it for a second. I mean, honestly, at a certain point in this movie, I just thought it was like a cult conspiracy and everybody was working against Meg Ryan. You know what? Maybe that's true because the world is designed to try to like constantly remind Meg Ryan of her like failures as a woman because like every subway ad is poetry that's relevant to her life. And on the subway, she keeps seeing like these really over the top symbols of like, I saw a bride with a broken wrist and a black eye in the subway because that's where I would have my wedding photos taken. I have to say in the grimy 2003 New York subway station. Are you kidding me? The rest of that city was so fucking gross in this movie. That's a good point. This is actually the literally like there's inspirational (laughs) shit written on the walls sometimes. That's a good point. This version of New York is a nightmare. Yeah, like yeah, this is, yeah. It's like, a nightmare I, that also is designed specifically to make you feel bad as a woman. Because, like, she's also, like, writing down some subway poetry when, like, people are coming down the stairs behind her carrying a giant thing of flowers that say mom on it. And it's like, I get it. She doesn't have kids. She doesn't have a <laughs> husband. You don't need to keep fucking grinding it into her face new york chill out now this this new york is fucking relentless it really is it's all the worst parts of the ninja turtles movies mixed with if it were just the central park that's in home alone too yes like yeah absolutely even her own sister is like i got you a charm bracelet it has a fucking baby carriage charm because you should get married and become a mom and it's like can <laughs> like, you people leave her the fuck alone Meg Ryan fucking wishes she was in the meat and fire district. Oh my God. I know. I had that same thought. I'm like the meat and fire district. Fatal attractions looking real nice right now. That was at least only one district and not the entire city. 
Yeah, I think every borough looks the same in this, and it is just like it is you're living in grand theft auto essentially she's getting hit by cars there's prostitutes everywhere everybody's bad this is yeah this is where we're at uh Um, but yeah she's finally like so mark ruffalo are you the murderer and he doesn't say no he's just like you should go home because you're clearly fucked up about your sister being dead he treats her like shit like, yeah, he is really a, rude to her, knowing that like her sister is dead. Her sister, who she had a very close, possibly sexual relationship with, and he's just like, "You're being a real bitch right now." Yeah, he's like, everything is just like, you need to act right. This is your fault. Like, and it's just like, Jesus women be Christ. crazy. Like, it's like motherfucker. She was holding a head for like two hours in a bathroom. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because you know she didn't call, like, she was holding that thing and then was still holding it when he showed up to, like, collect evidence. And I don't think she called. So, like, God only knows how long she was there. Um, But uh, then she's, she's, like, drunk in her house. And who should show up but Cornelius, uh, the student. And he's... Up to this point, I've thought, like, a decent guy. Yeah, I mean, he called her out on being kind of racist, but he does have this thread where he keeps being like, hey, I think John Wayne Gacy's not actually the murderer. Or maybe <laughs> if he is the murderer, maybe, like, them them kids deserved it. Like, or maybe he just loved them so much, and that's what love is. And you're like, okay. And he did We've all write- got hot takes, Kit. We've yeah. all got hot takes. And his hot take he decided to put in the form of a thesis paper for his English class that is spattered with blood. And I'm like, hey, you know that like this is a post-Columbine world, right? She's really not going to talk to the school counselor about the fact that this guy turned in like a 20-page essay on how John Wayne Gacy um, killed those kids out of love that is spattered with what I thought was just artistic paint, but the cops later say is actual blood. Sweet. Yeah. So, but yes, so she's drunk and Cornelius is there and he's been beat up and he's like, yeah, the cops took me in because of my essay and they beat me up. And she's like, oh my God, this proves Mark Ruffalo is a piece of shit. And then she kisses him. He kisses her. It, it doesn't. And that's when I was like, Meg Ryan, this is all your fault. What the fuck are you doing? What the in that fuck scene, are you doing? He says one of the weirdest lines in this movie that I'm is like something. such a cool, such a cool douche line. Uh, <laughs> she tells him there's no such thing as a bad blowjob. And he says, well, you're wrong there. Some women got terrible rhythm and no sense of cock whatsoever. And once again, me and Meg Ryan at the same time were like, great phrase, no sense of cock. No sense And we both put cock. it down on our post-it note. Yes, but that's not Cornelius that says it. That's Mark Ruffalo that says it. Cornelius is like, well, I didn't want to fuck you anyway and leaves in a huff after maybe being about to rape her. They weren't clear about that, but then like gets scared off. But yeah, Mark I'll Ruffalo you, shows- in this movie, he- yeah, so Mark Ruffalo shows back up and is like, gives his weird notes, such no, some women have no sense of cock line, right? Which, Garrett, I have to ask the question Have you ever had a blowjob from a woman with no rhythm and no sense of cock? Yes. <laughs> 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 like, 
<laughs> like as he was saying that, I was like, "This actually checks out." Like there, it cannot be great. Mm. You know, like there, there is a there is a rhythm to it. it there's a the mm-hmm. the the music. There's music, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and sometimes the song's a little too abstract and like <laughs> in weird time signatures. Yeah, yeah, they're doing that Philip Glass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like this this blowjob feels like it was written on a moog. Like this is an <laughs> instrument that <laughs> What if it's what is that like 433 the one that's just like 4 minutes of silence like it's nothing but rests. <laughs> that's that's not getting a blowjob at all. She just like is is there with her cock in her mouth not moving the whole time. So so Mark Ruffalo has come over to check up on her, right? And that's we had the, the blowjob conversation, right? So she handcuffs him to a pole and fucks him. And I Go think fuck yourself. I like yeah. to watch. Yeah. You like so to watch? yeah. Yeah. I like it. In the cut. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, and get- I was like, I don't yeah. know that it was worth it for that reveal because it didn't end up meaning that much to me when he said it. Like, well, in the cut is slang, baby. Slang, but for I don't what? think it- she stopped writing me- that book. She had not mentioned it in two hours at that point. Well, at this point, that's not that's not her fault for this not being clever. This is Jane's fault. Hmm. Mm, that's fair, but I I don't really I I'm not sure I got it. I'm not sure I got what the title was really symbolic of, and why why they have him say it now. I don't know. I guess she's supposed to be more sexually liberated now, because like now she's the one taking charge, right? And you know she's come a long way, baby. She's much more adventurous than just laying face down on the bed. <laughs> now she's fucking point- herself on him. And at this point, like, the actual finale of the movie seems like it takes place over the span of five minutes. Yeah, it's it's a quick, quick climax to denouement. Like, much like um, uh, Mark Ruffalo's um, sex. It's a lot of foreplay. And then a, a quick release, and then get wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. I got work to be at in the morning. I like the first part. I think the, I thought their sex looked fun. Yeah, like, but, everybody you know, looked like they're having a good time. <laughs> I mean, yes, everybody definitely looked like they were having a good time. But as far as a movie goes, yeah. So she finds her charm or missing baby charm from her charm bracelet in his pocket. And she's like, where the fuck did you get that? And he's like, oh, I went back to that alley where you were mugged and I found it there and I kept meaning to give it back to you. And this is when she's like, oh, shit. He's definitely the murderer. Thank God I already handcuffed him to a pole in my house. And she runs out into the street and there is his partner. And she's like, oh, my God, you're, you know, Mark Ruffalo's the murderer. I know it. I saw the tattoo, the tattoo I never bothered to mention to any of you before. You fuckers. Like, it's kind of her fault. A bunch of people are dead, including her own sister. And he's like, oh, oh, my God, I can't believe Mark Ruffalo's the killer. Here, come with me. Let me murder you at a lighthouse. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Please, come with me. Come with me. Let me murder you inside of that lighthouse and that you like, talked okay. about 
90 minutes ago in this movie. You know, the it's lighthouse, it kind of looks like a penis. The lighthouse, it's... we're going, <laughs> I'm going to murder you in the penis building. The, the light up penis building. We're going to go there. We're going to have a drink. Uh, we'll maybe dance. listen to a little boom box, maybe a little dance. How about a stab and a, and a bang? Yeah, yeah. Because, yes, in, he has the same tattoo. They never explain what the tattoo fucking means, except that they that he and Mark Ruffalo both got matching tattoos after their first bust. They don't explain why it's a three of spades. We're going to find out all the proud boys have that same tattoo. We now. probably are. Um, uh, I, I looked it up. The three of spades, as far as symbolism goes, actually is fascinating. In tarot, it's the same as the three of swords, which symbolizes broken marriages or broken promises or infidelity and i'm like wait did you guys get this matching tattoo not because of a bust but because you both are like horrible cheaters (laughs) it's the cheating on your wife with a fat chick tattoo club i cheat on my wife i cheat at monopoly and i uh i'll be honest i cheat on my taxes a little bit but uh let's get a let's get a matching tattoo that's beautiful either way this, yeah like there's no need to like explain out this whole ending like no he's the she, bad guy they get he's the she bad gets guy stabbed, he gets shot she goes away bloody she has a nice cuddle with mark ruffalo who's still a dude chained to a furnace which this was funny this is the best thing that happens anywhere at the end of the movie she goes into her place he's still chained there she is the covered is in soaked. blood the, the floor is soaked, and I assume that's because he had nowhere to pee. I did so not was, notice that. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, the floor's drenched. I did I not see he, that. Yeah, it was night when she left, and he, he came, she came back in the morning. Like, he's been there pissing all over the floor all I mean, night. he must have. He couldn't even establish a pee corner. His arms in the <laughs> air, so he just... <laughs> like, There's, which, he has okay. very limited movement. We now we're we're this far into the podcast. We are and we didn't even mention this mm. during the sex scenes. Mark Ruffalo showed his dong. He did show his dong, and you know what? I liked it. It was a good dong. Showed broccoli, he showed dong. <laughs> and everybody showed it, a little broccoli. Like this is I'm trying to think. Like, I actually have to look it up. I don't even know what Mark Ruffalo was in prior to this. Um, like, I mean, his star wouldn't have been that big in 2002. Like that would have been before 13 going Why, you don't think he would show his broccoli now that he's been the Hulk? Yeah, Hulk ain't showing broccoli. (laughs) I mean, for him, it would actually be broccoli colored. (laughs) Hey, Hulk, does the carpet match the drapes? Well, yes, 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 it (laughs) does. Well, his version of Hulk's smart and talks regular. Uh, so he'd just be like my hair's black guys joke doesn't work not everything on hulk is green it's like shut up your pubes is green you won't show them they green (laughs) all right kid this movie uh Uh let's let's go let's go through it okay first question one was it erotic i would give it a 3.5 3.5 out of 5 on the erotic scale because I, you know what I definitely I maybe if we'd gotten to see the unrated version with the full blow job in the basement the the the, the basement dungeon um that would have been a little higher um 
but I did like seeing uh, the dong. Uh, there, there were good boobs. I could have used one more sex scene, just like personally. I think one more would have been nice. But uh, yeah, it was pretty hot. Uh, Three point five. I think that's low. Like, eh? think about this. I'm gonna name a couple movies. Okay. When Harry Met Sally. Mm-hmm. Sleepless in Seattle. Mm-hmm. You've got mail. Mm-hmm. The same person that was in all three of those movies was not only nude in this movie, but got her asshole eaten <laughs> by the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> You're right. What was I thinking? It's a, at least like, a four. <laughs> the Incredible Hulk showed fucking dong yeah. in this movie. Yeah, like, and he's apparently an excellent lover. Like even the scene where she's just masturbating is like is a, is a three point five, let alone the nudity, the All ass right. eating, All the right. like the orgasms, the even just dirty talk. Like you get to see that's true. Meg the Ryan dirty talk words is in this pretty movie. good. Yeah, well, she loves words. She's she's writing a whole book them. about them. Uh, but yeah, you're right. The dirty talk is pretty decent. It's just hard when it's coming out of the same man that's like you know hey it's cool my buddy pulled a gun on his wife and also i'm a racist and a homophobic because i'm a new york cop but that being said you know it's mark ruffalo that's his i know it's mark ruffalo that's the guy from you know the guy from the kids are all right showed his dong the guy from 13 (laughs) going on 30 showed his dong meg ryan when harry met sally sleepless in seattle fully nude great butt great boobs got her asshole eaten this is insane this is why erotic thrillers exist Exist. we want to be titillated by seeing fully nude famous people and And these are two very famous people yeah you're right you're right i'll give it a four okay i think that's fair i man like i think like that that first masturbation scene Mm -hmm. like might have been the hottest thing in the whole movie. Like, if you take mm. away the dead body and the Mark Ruffalo. Wait, what? You needed that? Mm. Well, I don't want to say I was aroused by the bodies. It was like, as far as this. Okay, so I think I'm actually. I think this one's high. Like, I think four. I'm trying. I'm really stuck between four and four and a half. 4.25. 4.25 on the erotic. Let's go 4.25. <laughs> okay. The next one, I think this is going to be too easy. Um, Actually, no, I'm sorry. We're on the second one. Was it, Okay. Two. Was it thrilling? I would say five out of five. I was thrilled. It kept, I mean, maybe it was mostly because the movie is so intentionally vague and does not give you useful information when you need it. I spent the first 35 minutes of this movie thinking her sister was actually a prostitute she'd hired, right? Like, (laughs) but because of that, I genuinely did not know who the killer was for a good portion of the movie. And, um, you know, uh, like the, the scenes of her like walking around late at night, getting into cars with strange men and then shooting guns at trash. Like all of it had an air of, of, you know potential danger throughout so yeah i would say it's either a 4.5 or a 5 out of 5 yeah the the setting of this movie just was grimy dangerous 
it was like it wasn't post-apocalyptic, but it is post 9-11 New York, so it is a little post-apocalyptic. Yeah, they also really do have some some 9-11 imagery going on in there. There's there's some like American flags in places you don't expect because it's like that's clearly part of the You're mode right. I didn't even think about that. There's a there is a lot of like the flags are still flying and everything. Um I I was like because it seemed so much like it was Mark Ruffalo the whole movie where it felt like it felt like they just gave it to you that it was him. Yes, yes. And it which, felt like he which was then made it too me. obvious. Like then you you keep thinking like they're making it so obvious it's Mark Ruffalo that it can't possibly be Mark Ruffalo. But it's not like a scream movie where everybody's like, it's not me. I'm not the killer. This is a movie <laughs> of people screaming at me. It's me. I'm the killer. It's me. I'm the problem. It's me. And <laughs> I, and I'm like, yeah, you are like yeah, everybody Kevin in this Bacon? movie. Everybody in this movie is guilty of something mm-hmm. and they don't know how to express that. Like they didn't do the murdering. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it sucks that everybody is a murderer in this movie. But, yeah, because yeah, no, that's is... dating in New York. You know what can I say? <laughs> Ask Carrie Bradshaw. Ask Carrie Bradshaw, and she'll tell you they're all murderers. Eight seasons, two movies, and two seasons of a spinoff so far to say that there are no good men out there, and we should have listened. We should have uh, listened. So yeah, I agree. This is this is top level thrills. Uh, there's heads. There's it's scary. Yeah. Uh, they're just a big There's threat a lot of blood. danger. But the most important, mm-hmm. Kit, mm-hmm. would you ruin your life for this person? Okay. This is a big decision. Okay. This is hard. Would I ruin my life for Meg Ryan? We'll start with that. Yeah. The answer I want to say, I'm really torn because number one, she looks great and she is when Harry met Sally and you've got mail and all that. And, uh, but at the same time, like I said earlier, it's really hard for me to want to hang out with someone who is so um, sexually repressed while pretending to be sexually liberated. And she seems like she would get on my nerves really, really quickly. So, like, I would probably not want to ruin my life to be with her because the sex doesn't seem like it would be all that good unless you've done a lot of work like Mark Ruffalo did to like get her out of her shell and like you know he took her to one bar and then he was eating her ass (laughs) this is true this is true like honestly his partner was the best wingman he'd ever had what by being so obnoxious that like it makes him look good by comparison no, he took he took her to a bar. His partner attacked her in the alley. Oh my god, you're home. right. Oh my god, that is the that is top class wingman behavior. You're the only person she knows to call for help. I'll just attack her in the alley, and then she'll forget entirely about our shitty date. Because that would be the reason why I wouldn't want to ruin my life for Mister um, New York cop uh, who's a homophobe and a racist and you know, is gonna hang out with his buddy more than me on our first fucking date. So, like, here's the thing, though. Mark Ruffalo, according to the text of the movie, is the world's most incredible lover. And so, yeah. five out of five would ruin my life. Oh! I can't help it. 
basically like finding out that a terrorist is really good at, at orgasms. I didn't so say like, it would be a good decision. I said ruin my life, right? I I I would know that it was a bad idea yeah. and I yeah. would do it anyway. This is man, is this the first movie we've done where you like genuinely would yes, ruin your life would for the it. world's greatest lover? I would. Who was taught by like a Spanish lady when he was maybe 14. Maybe 14, maybe 20. We can't know. Oh my god, hell yeah. Uh would I ruin answer. my life for Meg Ryan? The answer is just like no. Two two out of five, maybe, you know. But like for Mark oh, Ruffalo, man. yeah. It's it's really hard because I do. It's hard to separate Meg Ryan and this character. Mm-hmm. Um, Meg Ryan during that time period, fuck me up. Yeah, I my oh life, my god, what, yes, yes, yes. Take here's my bank account information. Here is everything I'm throwing. Here's my away. firstborn son. Uh, have the my dog. I have to assume that in this world, Meg Ryan does still exist. Like, Sleepless oh, in Seattle is a movie. It's a movie that uh, she has seen and is just and haunting this... her about how she should totally get married, just like everything else in her life is telling her she should get married. And this this lady looks just like Meg Ryan. <laughs> 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 like I'm in a bar is this and I'm like, like an you Ocean's don't Twelve thing where it's like you look just like Julia Roberts. He's like, I swear to God, a spitting image, like exactly like Meg Ryan. Um, her personality, though, she's writing kind of a racist book, and um, yeah. she won't stop writing down advertisement messages. Uh, <laughs> um, so I don't know. Like life, I would not ruin my life for this woman. But I'd ruin like three months. That's you know what fair. I'd let it go longer than it should. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um But you wouldn't make any decisions that are life alteringly, like forever bad decisions. No, I don't think we would have gotten to moving in together and we certainly wouldn't have never had a joint bank account. Like I don't know. Yeah. But as far as Mark Ruffalo. Uh, you're right. He is the world's greatest lover. Canonically, like, he, is... he is the world's greatest lover, taught by the monks <laughs> in their secret. <laughs> He's Austin Powers, but 2002 in New York mm-hmm, and different. Mm-hmm. That that one's really that's hard to say. Uh, I don't know. I agree with this movie. Like, I also don't want to hang out with boys. Um, no, they're a red flag. Mo- all boys is red flag. Mm-hmm. And uh, that includes me. I'm red flag. Mm-hmm. Thanks mm-hmm. for hanging out. You're welcome, Garrett. Um, it's all of us. We're all we're all bad. Uh, fuck. I don't know. So Meg Ryan, I'm gonna rate. I'm gonna go four. Wow. I'm gonna go four. And Mark Ruffalo, you really I'll like also... Sleepless in Seattle, huh? I really like those movies. <laughs> and like. Mark Ruffalo, what he was doing looked fun. Yeah, like, what he makes it look fun and he makes it look easy, but also he makes it look like he is skilled at doing it. Like an Olympic athlete where they make it look easy, but also they make it look insanely difficult and you're so impressed. Like that's what Mark Ruffalo makes sex look like. He's the Michael Phelps of eating ass. I think you might be right because he's like got the Michael same Phelps, lung capacity. Yes, he, he held. Can he go- had to hold breath <laughs> and go deep. 
Oh boy, yeah, I think you might be right about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have to say, yeah, would ruin my life for Mark Ruffalo. It's I don't feel I don't feel proud of myself for that in any way. But um the, you know, I was gonna say the heart wants what the heart wants, but it's not. It's the pussy wants what the pussy wants. <laughs> Meow. Meow. All right, everybody. I think that doesn't. I mean, overall, is this? I don't know if this one's a hundred percent worth a watch. You know what? It's got ideas, and they're interesting. And you know what? If only to see Mark Ruffalo as the world's greatest lover, it might be worth a watch. But at the same time, you have to go in knowing that it's gonna be annoying. It's gonna be a frustrating watch. I was never bored, and it is a fairly quick two hours. So maybe yeah. in that sense, like. This isn't the first erotic thriller I'm going to reach for, but if I'm going down the line watching them, and also, like, if you just want to see Mark Ruffalo eat some ass, maybe, potentially, allegedly. <laughs> and some ass. shaft. And, so, yeah, you see his pee. You know what? Give it a watch. Give it, Give a, it a watch. watch. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. We'll be back next week. I think next week uh, we're going to do guests for the first time. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I'm so excited. This is going to be fun. We're going to we're going to bring some friends in and uh, get other people's sexy thoughts. But yeah, give us a follow at Erotic Thriller Club on Instagram. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, send us an email at Erotic, Erotic Thriller Club at gmail.com. I am at go. Gartet. I am at Ann Caboodle. Everybody, thank you for listening. We love you. We want to shake you naked and eat you alive. Bye.